Howdy, folks. Alan Alford here to let you know a little bit about the upcoming show. Uh, we had a family medical emergency, and this show was recorded on the road, so the sound quality is just not my normal standard. But the conversation was phenomenal. The guest is someone I've been trying to get on the show for a while, and I'll let the show roll from here, but just please do forgive the sound quality on this one, folks. Thanks so much. Yeah, this is a bit of a brave new world. Uh, it's a question of we've gone from the loving term of, you know, box huggers in the corner about 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. We had hoodies at one point. We were hiding behind a cute computer screen. And now we're being asked to sit on and stand up in front of the board and understand business risk. We're constantly evolving. And so as that evolution happens, lean on your brothers, hug your friends. And don't be afraid to ask questions because the evolution of our role from CISOs to true risk executives, which I love that term, you know, and now me, chief trust officer on the other side of events, you know, those are, those are where the evolution is headed. And that's why it's so important that we do this together. Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas, where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford, President and CISO at Alan Alford Consulting. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast. That's Kate Keene. Chief Trust Officer at Aon, board member at the National Technology Security Coalition, board member at Red Shield, and the Cybermaniacs, advisory board member at many more cyber companies, former U.S. CEO at Sension, SVP at VArmor. I'm going to stop now. Kate is one of the biggest and most established players in cybersecurity, and Aon is very lucky to have her. I have been trying to get Kate on the show for a while, and the stars have finally aligned. Kate, thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch to talk about board reporting with me. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to finally be here and spend some time with you, brother. I love it. I love it. So listen, let's start with the human aspect of all this, because you've been a CEO, you've been an SVP, you, you've reported to the board in a number of roles. And one of the things that I think a lot of CISOs get wrong is CISOs get hung up on the presentation itself. And, and we're going to talk about that as well. But I think there's so much more than just the presentation when it comes to talking to the board. Let's talk about that human aspect. Um, what to you is kind of the best way to sort of connect with the board, um, both individually and collectively? So the first thing to do is to remember that, you know, one, we're all human and we all put our pants on one leg at a time. And the reality is, is that there's a lot of times a big disconnect in the actual vocabulary and understanding between a board and a CISO. I love to call it the sleepy teacher syndrome. You know, if you think about what a CISO looks at every day, we think about threats, we think about risk, we think about compliance, we think about technology, and we get stuck in this world that's kind of our hailstorm of all things that mitigate kind of our organization. Boards think about risk and the, uh, in the, in the ideas of things like operational risk, supply chain risk, climate risk, human capital risk, all sorts of different types of risk. And the reality is, is that we sometimes talk past each other and thinking that the other one understands. A board's priority from a risk perspective looks across all the initiatives of an organization. And there's a cyber component to all of them. But we get mired down in this concept that we automatically assume the board understands what we're talking about. And the board automatically assumes that we understand the business initiatives that they're most excited for us to really protect from a cyber perspective. So coming together in a human perspective of, look, we have one common goal. 
is to really consider the risks that an organization has holistically that could impact how they're successfully approaching their business plan. When you go from that level and look at business strategy, then it becomes a much easier conversation to have. We don't sound like the snoopy teacher and they don't go to sleep or are afraid to ask the questions because they don't understand our world. So strategy and understanding that we're all here for a common goal, making a better organization is the first step. And the human aspect of it, of just sitting down the table and talking is one of the key, most key things you can do as a CISO is really understanding your board, the priorities, and the business initiatives that are top of mind from them. I like that. And, and I think, you know, there's another human component, which is the, you know, it's, it's the old saying of never ask the board if they understand the whatever technology thing you're about to blurt out. You know, you're putting them on the spot. And they're going to be forced to say yes, even if the answer is really no. How do you how do you navigate that one? That, that just those human connections. How do you get through to the board? I may present you some technical mumbo jumbo, and if I get too technical, if I get too cyber, if I get too mumbo jumbo, shut me up, steer me around, ask me questions. You know, how do you how do you have that conversation with them? So it's funny you say because I always try and liken analogies and and stay away from in essence the technical mumbo jumbo. So security, when you think about it, like I said, is Cyber lives in all the risk towers. So the first thing we need to do from a CISO perspective is understand the board's risk register. From there, we can align the technology that's needed to actually protect the risk register. But we need to do it in a way that's teaching versus condescending. So whenever I'm talking about technology, I think about it into control framework. Like, what am I thinking about? Am I talking about something that's protecting external, internal data, whatever? And then I just go into like three sentences of what I'm actually talking about. I assume they know, and I sense it with, you may know this already, but let me just give you a quick overview of what we're talking about here. Um, and I try and stay away from the technology, but go more towards the outcome. What are we going to actually do with the tech? How is it going to protect us? You know, what does MFA actually do? What are we doing if we're thinking about new training techniques? Why do we need you know, CrowdStrike? Why do we need a Z-scaler? You know, instead of talking about what a SIMS or God knows whatever acronym we can throw at people, what is the outcome and how is that going to impact the business? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it, you know, I always caution people, don't do the technical mumbo jumbo, but I think it's impossible in cyber to not get into some degree. And like you said, that was a great example, MFA. At some point you have to talk about, we got a giant company-wide MFA rollout. It's this huge ordeal. It's taking a lot of time, a lot of money. It's the biggest effort on my plate this quarter and next quarter both, because you can't just snap your fingers and make this happen overnight. But to your point, why? <laughs> you know, don't just, hey, look at me doing MFA, but, but, you know, get into the why, right? Get into that. So the one that makes me laugh the most is, you know, the last couple of years, what's the favorite buzzword in the industry? I might have named my baby after it, Zero Trust Baby. Um, you know, every board asks about zero trust, but I would say about 30% actually knows what it is. So I also never start talking to your point about zero trust and like, look, what we're talking about is least, pri least privilege access, least privilege access on steroids, because everyone kind of understands that and like, you get it? And okay, now here's to go. So if you spoon feed a little bit, then you can bring everybody on the journey and they don't feel like they should hide in the corner and not say something and they feel more comfortable about asking questions. I love that. I love that. And that's, and that's exactly it. Never assume folks know and never put them on the spot to admit they don't. Um, I like that spoon feed, but, but in that, but in that way that says, Oh, just in case as a refresher, you know, like, like you're not, Hey dummies, 
Like I'm that. on the other side of the fence. That's kind of like when I'm standing as a board member. I'm like, oh my gosh, do I actually know all of this? Like sometimes I feel like a stupid teacher. I, it's, it's funny being on both sides. Yep. So so how about getting to know the board? Um, one of my pieces of advice that I always give every CISO is if you can possibly do it, get to know them individually, not just collectively. Right. One one of my mantras is no surprises. Uh, if you send them a board presentation for the upcoming board meeting and you send it, whatever, a week in advance or two weeks in advance or whatever your cadence is, ideally, in my mind, you've already socialized it with the individual board members uh, and they all know what's going to be in that collective thing. Before it gets sent collectively, everyone's kind of already in the know. Is, is Do you agree with that? And if so, how do you go about doing that? And if not, what I, do you do? I completely agree with you on that. And, you know, it's hard to, especially, you know, depending on the cadence of the board meeting, sometimes to get to everyone. Some CISOs present monthly. Some CISOs present annually. Some CISOs present quarterly. But you should at least once a year, twice a year, sit down with every single board member or have a meeting to get to know them on the human level. When you're in a new position, the first thing you want to do is go to the chairman and say, who do you want me to go first, second, third, or your CEO? Who do you want me to go first, second, third? And get that guidance of, you know, who in the past has been, you know, in essence, the most vocal so that you can get guidance. And then also, who do you think is going to be the outlier that you should get to know? But the reality is, is that, you know, most board members, you know, it's probably not their first rodeo. They have some set ways they want to be communicated to. You know, we all kind of like to be, you know, approached in different ways. So as the CISO, if you can get a good cadence of, you know, this member likes to be kept up to date on X, Y, and Z monthly. This one likes quarterly. You know, this one's going to have questions and would like the pack, you know, two weeks ahead of time. This one is going to ask the questions right in. But it gives you the ability to establish a relationship. And I'll tell you, over the years, some of those board members that I've established really long-term relationships with, especially when you're coming out of an incident or you need a big investment, you can really go to them and ask for advice. Or you can help steer in a direction, you know, that's maybe different. When, when I work with, you know, executive councils, a lot of times it'll be a question of, look, I think you're asking your CISO for this, but I really think you mean this. So it allows CISO if they have those relationships and they start to see the board headed in a direction, maybe they can even red flag it and say, hey, I'm going to bring in one of my peers or one of my advisors. I'd like them to talk to you. And you can have that one-on-one relationship to steer boards in the right direction. I love that. And, and of course, there's always the, if there's a cyber committee and if there's a risk committee, you know, that overlay as well, right? Um, I believe the CISO and the cyber committee, if one exists, should be as thick as thieves, right? And then and then risk committee, almost the same. Um, and to your point, their sense of risk is very different than ours in a lot of ways, but I still think cyber and risk committee should be tight. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Alan, because we're going to see more cyber committees and risk committees, especially with some of the new legislation and some of the new compliance that are coming out right now. And the reality is, is as CISOs, we should all a little bit brace ourselves because I'm starting to see a trend of getting something wrong. So we're seeing a lot of boards right now ask for a threat analysis. And what they think they want is a heat map of, you know, we are appealing a ransomware and maybe we could have a supply chain attack and we should spend four partridges and a pear tree and God knows what, you know, on our Christmas list to get the right controls. But what they haven't done is actually a threat analysis. Who are they appealing to? What geographies are they in? How does that marry to a heat map? And so it's a question as we start to really ramp up these, you know, cyber committees, risk committees, 
is getting the CISO to educate the board on how cyber permeates the overall objectives and how that needs to drive the register, not just the heat map. And I'm seeing a lot of trend in the wrong direction in that kind of a focus. Yeah, I can I can get that completely. I've got a good friend who's a, she's a Fortune 100 CISO or a Fortune 500 anyway, probably 100. Um, she has a slide she presents about the threat perspective, not just risk. She starts with threat. And she talks about the threat landscape, the greater threat landscape, not not in that general sense of like, well, we're up against ATP, blah, 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 and, you know, ransomware number five. You know, she she gets into that higher level, like, what are the actual threats to the business? You know, what types of things are out there that are threats to the business? And then segues from that into the risks. And I think it's exactly what you're talking about, that the threat landscape, at least at a strategic level, needs to be understood. There's somebody who's trying to disrupt our business. There's somebody who's trying to corrupt our supply chain. There's somebody who's trying to, you know, threats at that level, right? And and she's real big on on that perspective. And I, I loved it. First time I saw that slide, I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly it. That's exactly right. And like I coach constantly, if you haven't had a corporate threat assessment of, you know, where are you geopolitically, who are your top executives, who's looking at them, who's sniffing at them on the dark and the deep web, you know, who's actually looking at you a little bit, that's the first thing you should empower a board with, because that's going to start to guide you in one, your strategy, your risk strategy, your threat strategy, and how you start to, in essence, create a routine operationalization around your cyber resilience program. I love it. I love it. So we've kind of already transitioned into, we talked about at the beginning of the show, you know, there's the human side, but also the what do you present so we've talked about threats. We've talked about how they sort of inform and feed the heat map, the risk register, um, that kind of thing. What else do you present as a CISO to the board? What else matters besides the threat, the risk register, the heat map? Like what else is out there that they need to know about? Pause right there real quick for a word from our sponsor. Do you want to make cloud security risks a no-brainer and remove friction between your security and dev teams? Well, Daz takes the pain out of the cloud remediation process using automation and intelligence to discover, reduce, and fix security issues. Lightning fast. Daz prioritizes alerts, shrinks backlog to actionable root causes, and improves mean time to remediation from weeks to hours. And best of all, keeps your developers focused on what they love doing most, coding. Visit daz.io slash demo and see for yourself. That's D-A-Z-Z dot I-O slash demo. So I always like to look at, and when I'm doing presentations to the board, I always look at kind of the security program in, in, in holistic sense. So, you know, you have to think about it in kind of three areas. Your proactive, your advisory, what are you doing proactively? What are you doing from a financial transfer? So your cyber insurance piece, and then what have you had to look at reactively? And I put all three into zones. Zone of routine, zone of surprise, zone of catastrophe. Oh, so that's zone awesome. Yep, that's my favorite thing. Zona routine is what is your cyber program, your cyber resilience program that's going to keep the lights on. It's going to keep your auditors at bay. It's going to keep you compliant. They're the bread and butter, the things you have to do. So how does your zona routine, that budget you have to have every single day, not line up to your technical roadmap, but to the business strategy? So if you have M&A activity, okay, great. Here's the things, and it almost looks like a spider web that we routinely have to have. And then here's the areas that we don't have. So where do we put it on a roadmap? Where do we put it on a budget? So that we can actually show the maturity based on the actual business initiatives, based on the routine we have already established in our cyber resilience program. And again, 
proactive, reactive, and financial transfer. You got to have all three. Then I go into the zone of surprise. Here's the things we didn't know about last year that we now know about. You know, whatever the CVEs are, we got hit by this. We had, you know, 50 attempts at this type of ransom. We had 16 whaling attacks. You know, there was a deep fake in China. God knows whatever else it is. Here's the thing based on the last year, we need to operationalize into our routine or the impact is this, not from a technical perspective, but again, a business risk perspective. You know, operations in China could fall down in three minutes or, you know, I'm not going to be able to open my plant in, you know, X, Y, and Z on time or we have an exposure to X. What is it doing to the business strategy? Because that makes it really easy for a board and for a C-suite to go, okay, here's the things that are priority one, two, and three based on our strategy. Now, how do you make that into your zone routine? Right. And then and, and you're the, almost talking about shifting it into routine. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, okay. like, here's the yep. surprise landscape. Let's make this routine. Should we make it routine or is it something we don't think is going to happen next year and we just push it out to the side and we do something else with it? And then the biggest conversation, which is sometimes the hardest to have as a CISO, because we all know the sky is always falling. We could spend every dollar of every day you know, that the company makes on cyber solutions. You know, RSA, Black Hat, I'm super excited in a couple of weeks. The floors are full of everything where they want us to buy. But you have to think about the zone of catastrophe. You know, think about reputational risk. Think about operational risk. What are those big things, those big memory makers? And how do we think about, opera, in essence, zone routining some of that? Have we done the proper tabletop? Do we have robust communication planning? How much should we be collaborating with our board and our fellows across the C-suite? And how often do we do that with the board from a planning perspective? So, you know, is a reputation risk, like what we saw with, you know, some of the reputation attacks against, like, Eli Lilly earlier this year. Staff dropped 15% from a Twitter attack. Can't really do too much about it. But how many times a year do you talk to boards about those black swan outliers to make sure they're there? And then they, too, can tell us and give us guidance of how much do we operationalize mitigation of those large type things into our routine day. So I always try, and again, Stay away from the snoopy talk, you know, I need, you know, 10 sins and a Thor and a this and a that and an XDR and MDR and every other three-letter word out there. What I need is to understand what's your number one strategic priority. Have I executed my zone of routine enough around it? And if I can't, Kevin, how do we create a roadmap to operationalize in that direction? Right. And then, and then catastrophe, that's, that's the one you're bringing them the perspective. You're not asking them for their strategy. You're saying, hey, now that I know your strategy – let me tell you about the big world of boom out here. Like, like these are the real booms. Um, I love that. And again, maybe it segues into routine. Maybe it gets tabled. But, but you've got that. I love that method. I love that model. That's that's. Uh, we're going to highlight that in the show notes for sure. That the, the three zones. I think that's brilliant. I could even give you a slide or two if you want one. Oh, I would. I would love it. Give me, give me a, give me a sample slide deck. I will always take sample slide decks for board reporting. That's uh, something I'm trying to aggregate for all of us. And I'm trying to figure out a way to share. You know, obviously, some people share anonymized board decks. I don't know what the company is. It's just here's here's one I've presented in my career. I'm trying to figure out how to aggregate that stuff and get some kind of library out there for all the CISOs where I, I can safely share whatever it might be. And obviously, you have to have dummy data, dummy. But it's just the formats, the graphs, the charts, like like three slides that say zone this, zone that, zone the other. And you can you can mock up and fake what the specific data is. I'm just trying to figure out a way to get a bunch of CISOs to agree to participate in that, make sure that everybody's covered, everything's anonymized, nobody gets in trouble, and then figure out a way to share that back out with the community. Because one thing I've learned in this community, I was on a, um, 
an advisory board meeting uh, for one of my cyber startups a while back. And they challenged the board with a homework assignment. Uh, I want everybody to bring in your board report. And the idea was they were going to figure out how they could best fit into leverage and, and start doing dashboards or whatever it might be that best fit the, the standard CISO board report. We have a room with a dozen CISOs. Not a single board report was even vaguely like the other 11 board reports. And, and this is the part that frustrates me, right? So, so this is like, like, what do you present? What do you not present? Um, I, I had one board member, and I won't say who it was, very well-established player in the industry, um, you know, ha has been a CISO at some very big, very pronounced entities, as big and pronounced uh, in, in their own right, right? This particular CISO had a board report that to me just looked like wall of words. And I was like, that's the one thing I learned way back when in presenting is don't do wall of words completely successful with a wall of words approach. So, so that tells me like the rules I thought I knew about what you don't present. Uh, what don't you present? What are the real rules there? I mean, this is a CISO who got away with wall of words. The hard part about, you know, and it's hard. I love the initiative of you trying to share best practices, but let me give you some reverse advice being a board member. Okay. Um, Every company has its own DNA about reporting. There are some standards. I love some of the work the NACB is doing in this, in this area. Um, but what I would say is, again, as a CISO, getting to know your board, that is the first thing you want to do as a new CISO is understand the already, in essence, the reporting structure that's already there and how do you run. Because some boards actually do love wall of work. Um, others, you know, X, Y, Z. And so as you get more trusted over time and become integrated with your executive council, then it's a question of you can kind of raise your hand and say, hey, I'd like to look at it in this direction. I'd like to think about it in this direction. But most of the time, you're going to be walking into some type of an established format. And don't be afraid to ask the whys of why it's established, because a lot of times we would love I will tell you there, there's boards I sit on where I would love a revamp of the package. So don't be afraid to ask to, to do that, but at least the first couple understand and talk with your board about the reasoning behind the way the package stands. Is right. 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 Sometimes you'll find out it's just inherited from a predecessor who didn't really vet it with the board, but the board's just used to seeing it. I've seen that before. And, and what I've, what I've learned there is you can't just overnight switch it off. Even if it turns out there is no valid why. Even if the board is not particularly enamored of it, uh, it's just what your predecessor did. You can't suddenly come in as the new CISO on, on, on Q3 and say, you know, here's my brand new method. Here's everything I'm presenting starting from scratch. Like I, I try to incorporate and slowly wean them off of whatever came before me. Even if I know I'm getting rid of it for sure, I still try to stagger it. So, so there's some kind of way of saying this slide you're familiar with is now really this slide. Let's have a transitional board meeting, you know, kind of characterizing that transition. And then next board meeting is just my new slide and we'll scrap the old. And, and then the other piece of advice I've heard, and I want you to tell me if this one makes sense to you. Um, another CISO friend of mine said, uh, all these board board members are, are board members more than one place. Find out what they're used to from the other companies they're used to. Like, like maybe talk to the CISO over it. You know, if, if your board member is, is, is your company A, but also company B, and you know the CISO at company B, what do you present? Maybe we can start trying to come up with some, you know, unified presentation. So the board isn't surprised. The board starts to feel like, gee, these guys have their act together. Maybe there is some standardization in this industry. I don't know if that one's worth pursuing because I think with, you know, whatever, let's imagine there's 10 board members. You're probably talking 40 or 30 companies, you know, like, I don't know how you can 
effectively tackle that one. But it struck me as a cool idea that we could start to standardize almost around boards, even if we can't standardize as an industry. I don't know. I actually prefer, and this is going to sound funny, I love to standardize around risk register. Every board has a risk register. Every board stands up to a register. So I always try and come in and think about and talk to the board about how are you presenting your risk register? And then how do I line my cyber presentation to that register so that I can actually articulate? And that way, I'm slotting in in a language, a vocabulary that's very familiar to them. And then it's not so, you know, out of left field. So it's interesting because I love what you're saying about collaboration and, you know, between the boards. But a lot of times companies have some pretty strict guidelines. You know, um, you may be on the board of Amazon and British Telecom. I don't know, two very different companies, very different structures. But they're still going to have a common theme around the register. And so as the CISO, if you could really hammer the point home that cyber lives in all risk, it becomes a much more comfortable versus outlier topic to discuss. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it, it, but I think I think the vision is sound. Try to get standardized. Um, but but I think to your point, beyond risk register, I'm not sure there is a standardization available beyond you know. And, and again, 30, 40 CISOs trying to collaborate, and then a board member changes to another. Like it's impossible to chase that. I think. But but the spirit of it is sound to me. The other advice, so I'll put my board member hat on for a second. So when I have CISOs present you know, to the boards I stand on, that one of the most critical things is, one, speak our language. Two, if you are presenting on programs, like there's a technology overhaul or there's something, there's an initiative going on, which most of us have at any given point that we're doing on a board, we're going to be talking about something, is make sure your progress from one board meeting to the next that you can address and you can address any changes in the commitment. I can't tell you how many times I have CISOs where there's either a delay that's happened or something's off the rails or something's ahead of schedule or whatever else, and they don't continue the theme of the story from one board meeting to the next. All of a sudden, you know, one project was fine a month ago, and the next month it's six months off, and there's no explanation to us on the why. So make sure... You know, especially to build trust on the key themes you're working on or the key programs, that there's a consistent narrative. And if not, have it already prepared for us on understanding the whys behind it. Um, it I, that's a big thing. Yeah, there's there's another rule uh, I keep in my back pocket, which is if you speak to it once, you're going to have to speak to it always. Um, assume the board has institutional memory. Assume it's there. Uh, and if you happen to bring up Project X on, on Q1, you, you better at least have a bullet referencing Project X on Q2. Otherwise, they're going to wonder, what happened to that Project X thing? And who's this flake? Uh, why are they all over the place and not and not giving me? Yeah, there's consistency is, is key. Consistency is mandatory is what I'm getting at. The other thing, too, that I, I advise a lot of CISOs on is, you know, there's a big, and you said it, you're on advisory boards. You know, there's a lot of CISOs in the community that want to be board members, that want to be advisors, and want to wear both hats. And I love it. I think it's awesome because it breaks down the silos between business and technology. And so uh, for CISOs that are interested in, you know, being more collaborative with the board, take a class, take a master class on board. You know, there's a lot of programs out there <clears throat> and the more common we can have that language become of what are the expectations of being a director? What are the expectations of being a CISO and how do we bridge them together? 
that really does help if you're dealing with a CISO who has a base understanding of what it means to be a director. As much as it, as much as we want, as you know, a CISO, our directors to understand our world, have a little bit on the side of it. Yeah, meet them. NACD has some great stuff now. Um, shout out to Bob Zukas. Uh, and his outfit. What what uh, what is Zucas' uh, national? Uh... Oh yeah, Berkeley's got a really good one. There's some free ones even out there. But you know, or just ask for a mentor advisor, somebody in our industry. You know, we're a great community, and so some of us that have done it or whatever else, just grab a cup of coffee. We'll we'll talk about it. Cup of coffee, or if you're at RSA, a lobster sandwich. <laughs> Ooh, you That's and how I you and I met. You and I met over a lobster sandwich. That was our first physical meeting. It was, and it was, you know, it's been love ever since, my friend. <laughs> You're awesome. You're awesome. All right. Any other tips and tricks? Um, anything? Um, board presenting, do's and don'ts, um, things to look out for, things to consider? So on the board presenting, um, it can be done by PowerPoint because you're going to want to, you know, literally go over every single thing. Keep it short and sweet. You know, I like to keep my head packed unless for some reason there's something I really have to dig into. I typically try to go less than 10 slides. If I can get away with it, less than five. Um, I'd wrap working sessions if there's key themes that I need board input on and get, you know, people assigned to what I need to have done. Um, the second piece is, again, rehearse, you know, and, and that sounds really funny, but rehearse because we're constantly reverting to technical language, this, that, the other. So grab the advisor, especially if you're not used to doing this type of work. Um, I was really honored. I've had a couple of our colleagues in the last couple of months call me and say, hey, Kate, the board's asking this. Like, can I just bounce some ideas off you for a half hour and make sure I'm on the right? You know, and so it's funny because one called me, I think it was like two weeks ago, and was, hey, I know I've been bouncing stuff. Do you mind if I bring my CEO in? This is a really important meeting for us, and we just want to make sure, like, we're cool. And I'm like, all right. So we sat down for a half hour jams made some changes and decided to do another session. But we want this to be collaborative. You know, I, when either hat I wear, we want success and not snoopy language. So, you know, take advice, get mentors in this space, keep it short and sweet and ask for feedback. How am I doing? What could I be doing differently? What would you like to see? Um, you know, my biggest concern sometimes is like, they're like, ooh, we want to see a pen test and a table tap and how the bad guys really do things. And then you kind of have to spin through this and like, you can't open Pandora's box all at once. But, you know, take that enthusiasm and figure out ways to channel it. Bring in some experts. You know, um, I was really impressed recently with a board who asked to have had their CISO bring in three or four outside people from our community to talk about different trends and topics. I thought that was a fabulous thing. Um, but ask for feedback. You know, there's not one silver magic bullet on doing this correctly. You have to think about the culture of the organization and then marry it to your style. I love it. I love that. And that's uh, just, uh, you know, one thing I'll, I'll mention, Alan Alford Consulting, something we came up with a, a little bit ago. Uh, I've got some friends that are very well established, Fortune 100, Fortune 500 CISOs that have got a boatload of board reporting experience. And for one of my clients, we actually put together a mock board comprised of these board grizzled CISOs who pretended to be the board. And we even had the personas, the the one who's super technical, the one who thinks they're technical and aren't, the one who's barely paying attention because they just could care less about cyber. Like, And, and we took my client through multiple fake board meetings and uh, just hammered and refined and honed. And, and it's the same story you're talking about, about find real board members and get that consulting and guidance. I think it's hugely beneficial. I think there's enough expertise in our community that we can be leveraging so 
thank you for for sharing that. I think it's the same uh, it's the same thing over here. I'm trying to do the same thing with my clients. Um, yeah, I was going to say we'll all get there. I mean, it's a question of you know, this is a bit of a brave new world. Uh, it's a question of we've gone from the loving term of you know box huggers in the corner about ten years ago, ten fifteen years ago. We had hoodies at one point. We were hiding behind a cute computer screen. And now we're being asked to sleep on and stand up in front of the board and understand business risk. We're constantly evolving. And so as that evolution happens, lean on your brothers, hug your friends, and don't be afraid to ask questions because the evolution of our role from CISOs to true risk executives, which I love that term, you know, and now me, chief trust officer on the other side of events, you know, those are those are where the evolution is headed, and that's why it's so important that we do this together. I love it. I think that's the best advice uh, anybody has given on this show in regards to this whole board reporting topic. We've hammered on this a few times. We've talked about do's and don'ts. We've deconstructed bad approaches. We've deconstructed good approaches. This was some very just rich and, and dense material. There's a lot here for folks to unpack. Thank you so much, Kate, for coming on down to the ranch and sharing this with us. I think my uh, listeners are going to absolutely love this one. So thank you again. Anytime. I will always come down to the ranch with you, my friend, anytime you call. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners. Y'all be good now. 